0: and welcome to the morning skate podcast i am matt moody joined by dj mitchell here to talk about the tuesday january 16th nhl daily fantasy slate so uh dj this monday in the nhl uh was a bit different from others because of the holiday so we had 10 games on monday uh how'd your monday go how'd your weekend go and uh how are you ready for this tuesday night's action in the nhl
1: yeah i, I mean we uh long weekend uh, we did a Saturday show and I feel like overall wasn't my best day for betting and DFS definitely wasn't great um, but like I had enough bets that I put together in one slip the kind of the uh, these were the bets that I was like most shocked by the price on and, and that did hit so that got there then Sunday and Monday were kind of crushing I mean one connect the shot away from like the full six FECTA I don't know what you call that um, so yeah no really really good uh dfs in football i actually had the uh min cash i i mean it's crazy i never have i ever had what feels like it feels like sunday but just like if it feels like such a great everything kind of turning up my way other than julio jones but yeah how was your weekend
0: yeah it it was it was fine i mean uh min cashing on a football slate i guess is about as good as it gets for me these days so uh that was cool um And yeah, I got murdered in the NHL on Monday. So, uh, unfortunate when you love Pavel Dorofiev, but don't think it's possible that Mark Stone gets his first career regular season hat trick. Um, so, you know, uh, hit the Dorofiev punt and not anything else. And obviously Mark Stone scored like 50. So, uh, yeah, not, not too fun. And we move on into Tuesday. Um, Kind of an interesting day on Monday because, you know, I I immediately trashed DraftKings for posting their 111, uh, you know, in the lobby, they've been posting satellites this contest for, you know, what feels like weeks now. I'm pretty sure it was like before Christmas. They were still, uh, they were like selling seats, you know, satellites to this 111 contest. And I thought it was a really interesting price point, you know, something different, like, you know, and they post it and it was literally 10K to first uh, total. And just, I mean, 600 entries or so, Saul tweeted about it. You know, I, I've responded to it, you know, just complete embarrassment. They deleted the contest after like two hours and reposted it and still only a thousand entries. So like not a crazy large contest, but at least we're getting 20 K up top. Um, So we do kind of have a flagship contest here on Tuesday. Um, very much looking forward to that. Also in the lobby um, for, you know, if, if you've been grinding tickets to the five, 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 the barn bash during the NBA all-star break uh, that one has a million dollar total prize pool. Um, I believe the biggest daily fantasy hockey contest ever um, with 200 K to first, which is basically, a, a you know, the fantasy hockey world championship, just you know, with far more entries, 2000 entries, but uh, there'll be satellites for that in the lobby too. So a very interesting time. Uh, obviously, Tuesday night has some good contests, but you know, we are looking at a month away from now, uh, you know, basically, actually life changing money, you know, as opposed to the, you know, really cool amounts of money, but um, not necessarily going to change anyone's lives. But as we get into the 200k realm, you know, that that, that that's a pretty penny. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah no, so the lobby's looking up. You know, it was a rough start, but DraftKings figured it out, and they even threw us a you know a peace offering by posting the five five five
1: a month early. Yeah no, that's really 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 cool. I did not know that until you just said it, and I just pulled up that contest, and wow, two thousand and two entrants for two hundred thousand up top. I'm I'm going to start grinding those tickets. Uh, I've thrown a couple attempts at it, but not enough. I really really want at least one in there. So. Yeah. Yeah, let's see if we can't get one on Tuesday on this eight game slate, unless there's anything else you wanted to add.
0: Absolutely. And I'll just actually no, I, I don't have anything to add off the top. So uh we do have only eight games on this Tuesday because of the fact that there were 10 games on Monday. Um, I believe the rest of the week is pretty normal. Um yeah, we have we have three games on Wednesday and four on Friday, which honestly these days is good uh for these daily fantasy contests, but you know, uh so you know, it's a bit lighter of a slate as far as a game by game breakdown, um. But you know, uh, it's certainly uh, going to do it anyway because hey, well, let's we don't, we don't only do game by game game at breakdowns when it's a thirteen game slates, right? Like we still know how to do this with eight games and still
1: somehow make it take an hour and a half. Does that sound right to you? It. I. I mean, we're well on pace for the over hour and a half mark right now. Yes. Perfect. All right. So, <laughs> do you want me to read the games? Yes, go ahead and read the games. Yeah, so uh we have Colorado on a back-to-back um after losing to Montreal going to Ottawa in a in a can't lose situation. Seattle still on the road in New York to play the Rangers. Anaheim Leo Carlson, welcome back goes out to Washington. Um LA at Dallas. Is that a ba- Yeah, that's a back-to-back for LA. Is that a back-to-back? That's yeah, right. Back-to-back for An- yes. Anaheim too. I didn't even s- b- skipped and a back-to-back for uh, Seattle. Wow. Um a lot of back to back. So Colorado, Seattle, Anaheim, L.A. Islanders are on a back-to-back in Winnipeg. Uh, to, so uh, I think these are all – every one of these is a road back-to-back. Okay, wow. Uh, and then San Jose on a road back-to-back in Chicago. Arizona, finally not a back-to-back <laughs> against the Flames. And then Toronto at Edmonton. So quite a few true road back-to-backs. Um Wow. That was a lot more than I thought it was uh, when I first, like, I don't know why I didn't like realize it until I went through them there, but yeah. So a lot to get into. Um, does that affect the way you you look at a slate when there's this many road back to backs?
0: Um, I, my guess is, is, you know, looking at the slate itself, I don't necessarily think that these road back to back spots are all that impactful. Um, like I think the one that could matter is or maybe two, uh, is the Seattle and Islanders, just looking at the Rangers and Winnipeg on either side of those games. Um, but I don't think really Chicago is a team that we want to target even against San Jose on a back-to-back, uh, Ottawa against Colorado, like, you know, whatever, uh, Washington taking on Anaheim and Dallas versus LA. It's like, you know, there's not really a huge boost in my estimation. Um, but it does mean that we need to keep an eye out for, you know, news, uh, we'll say what we know at the moment, but a lot of stuff went down on Monday, um, and not all of it is confirmed. So, um, and there's even more teams that played back to back on Saturday and Sunday, and that didn't practice on Monday. So this is really going to be a slate where, um, You know, you at least want to check in. Uh, Fortunately, the last game puck drop is at nine o'clock and the last game with the road back to back is 830 Eastern. Uh, So, you know, it's not like you need to be at your computer for four hours like an NBA slate. But um, do check in because there could be things that change and pop up that we just simply don't know about before lock time uh, that could be, you know, if not critical to breaking down the slate at least to sort of uh give you a little bit of a boost a little bit of an extra edge um which is always nice when there's these sort of flagship type contests so um let me just quickly highlight a couple things i wanted to say before i forget them off the top and then i'll do our ad read so um we are watching for uh, seattle news uh so they were without vince dunn who got into a fight on saturday and theoretically now missed Monday's game. Uh, It could be related to the fight. It could not be. Um, But he's a true question mark for this game. If he doesn't go, Riker Evans saw a huge role. Um, Now, part of that huge role on Monday was because Adam Larson also got hurt and exited the game. Uh, Seeing as he only played four minutes and not return, I would be surprised if he played on Tuesday. Uh, So there could be a huge vacuum minutes to fill in Seattle, uh, which either helps... Seattle defensive value or just helps the Rangers. Uh otherwise, um on the Dallas front, we don't have true news of anything. Um, but that's the only team that I really have no idea if like the lines are you know going to stay the same or not uh, of the teams that did not play on Monday. Um and then finally in Winnipeg, uh we have uh, shifley and allers as true game time decisions hopefully we get more from winning skates there but uh we'll, we'll go through how they practiced without those two guys so um otherwise we know there is no couture uh ov is a question mark and let's get into the ad raid so take it away. we know hockey games move fast oh sorry dj oh
1: I, I said take it away sorry i was away from yeah. my mic letting you just run in Show there, go keep
0: going. Happy to do so. Uh, So here we go. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Download this DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers bet just five bucks in the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 878 9777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league all right um so dj anything else you want to talk about before we get into the first game of the night
1: i promise i if it comes up it'll come up during our talk so why don't we get right into it with colorado at ottawa um i you know every time i think about the collapse Ottawa's had, I I try to keep in mind, okay, they have played a significant number less games than everyone else for, it it seems like at some point they're going to catch up, but they played 38 games and I believe there are teams that have played 44 is the most. So there's six games less than, uh, than many teams. No, uh, no one other than uh, uh, Edmonton is less than 40, but even with that, I mean, they are, 30 points. They are floundering towards the bottom and they almost just blew a home game against the Sharks who have been on the road for a while. I mean, they were last second goal to win that game. Um, they, you know, they got Colorado. Uh, there's the thing about this game is I do feel like it sets up really well for like goals in general. Um, and we know where it's coming from on Colorado. Now I'm sure you said it, but uh, Valerie Dirtushkin, not going to play. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. He's essentially on. IR in the players' assistance program. So without him, the role got even bigger for guys like Miko, um, Jonathan Drouin, who's still 4K, and uh, Nathan McKinnon. So I think Colorado's obvious here. They're clearly in play. There's no reason not to give it a hard look. Um, Is there any thoughts in general on Colorado where I honestly don't know how much ownership's going to come in because it is astronomically expensive?
0: Yeah, I mean... The, the, the really hard thing with Colorado is that the team itself is playing some horrific hockey. Like they—they right. they are not look. They do not look good. I mean, they just lost to Montreal, like to to, to whip. But like even before, I have not incorporated Monday night's games into uh, what I like what I posted in the Discord. And they have one of the league's worst offenses at five on five. Um, and, and you know, they, clearly, what gives them value is that it is literally four guys now who the offense runs to. It's McCarr, McKinnon, uh Ranton and unfortunately for us, Jonathan Juwan. Um you know, these guys are playing upwards of 25 minutes a night. This truly is not sustainable. Like no hockey team has ever functioned like this. Uh maybe McDavid himself has functioned like this, but no like actual unit of players can survive this. And it's it's honestly a joke to, to me like I, I i think we have to consider ottawa because this this colorado team is just going to be grounded into a fine dust at this point um you know not not trying to say that oh whatever we saw on monday night it's just going to happen again but like you know guess who scored twice on the power play well i mean i guess Cole caulfield and slavkovsky each scored but like you know if you number one guys on the other team are going to play more to try and keep up with the other team's top line and they're going to have a really good time while doing so. So, um you know, it's ugly because of course playing Ottawa is very ugly, but they've not been terrible um offensively. It's more of been a matter of goaltending and and honestly, you could argue that their goaltending has been slightly better than before. Like, you know, it's still bad, but um it's largely their struggles with defensive and goaltending. Like their offense is fine, and in this matchup, you know I'm interested. Like uh, we have practice lines: Kachuk, uh, Ridley, Greg, Giroux, Tarasenko, Stutz, Batherson. Um, I'm I'm not fully up to date on the Shane Pinto situation, but I don't know if he's even eligible to play.
1: Mm, forty-one, um, so he's, they're
0: not there. That's, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Good point. Um, yeah, forty-one games. And you just said how many games they played. Okay, so yeah, and Josh Norris does not seem like he is uh, going to return here. So um, I, I'm interested in stacking one of those two lines. Uh, any leans one way or the other as far as how Ottawa's top six shapes up?
1: Oh my god, you know, I I really don't know if I have like a you know I I'm not going to come here as a, a hot take in any capacity. Like I I think you could reasonably go either way, and you could convince me that it's fine. I think I just stick with. If the slate's broken, it's coming through Brady, but it's not necessary. Um, I guess you know, Greg, Giroux, Brady, it, you know, Greg doesn't really fit on that top power play. Um, Tarasenko, Stutzel, Batherson, I mean, they were on the ice for four goals, four against San Jose, and three against, so quite a bit of offense was happening while they were out there. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna say you're wrong either way, I think the better line is probably drew and brady the truck but it's not by much and you could easily go either way uh, I, I did want to mention something on colorado i just did look at the game against uh montreal on hockey viz i want you to take a guess at which player on colorado had 1.18 expected goals
0: truly have no idea was it drew
1: nope it was ross colton you'll never guess Jonathan yeah. didn't even didn't even make the chart. Um, so he had 12 Shocker. shot attempts yeah 12 shot attempts five on the power play and scored on the power play with a 1.18 i mean mckinnon had 14 attempts um i think he had seven on goal hit the post you know but like McCar, mckinnon colton rantanen i think you could do that and save on Duran. um or even i mean again i think you could even just play like colton and and, and McCar because it's probably coming through the power play uh, McCarr also logged I'm not going to count it right now but it has to be 12 attempts uh, in that range with 5 on net and a goal um 6 on net uh, I, again like you know where it's coming from and no one else is even sniffing this yeah. like it is so abhorrently apparent and Ottawa similar and as you just said they're going to do it it's going to be exacerbated like they're not playing San Jose where even against San Jose that fourth line played 8 minutes for Ottawa now they're playing a team they just they cannot afford to put out there against a line that will absolutely demolish them like they're gonna have to play stutzel and brady maybe not together but pick your poison like i think this game has a ton of options and you can i think reasonably say mccarr colton line one or line two ottawa and move on and have an incredibly good build
0: yeah um and, and honestly, I'm not even worried about the the matchup with Blind One either. Like they were 45 percent expected goals against Montreal at five on five. Like you know they're they're just playing they're playing too much to be effective. Like that's a problem. Like they're going to pile up numbers because you know it's it's they're they're just taking empty calorie shots and whatnot. But um, yeah, it, the, the main problem I'm having with Ross Colton is that I think he's a fantastic one off play. Um, you know, he's 3,400. He's going to be ridiculously popular, I have to imagine, uh, yeah. because he is the power play one benefactor without Nachushkin. Um, keep an eye out for Arturi Lekinen. Um He's theoretically able to play, um, yeah, between sometime between now and the 20th. So, yeah, that's like a window of five days where Lekanen could return. So if Lekanen does return, like we're... I mean, Colton's, I think, out of play because at five on five, the rule just isn't there as long as his first line is getting the minutes they do. Um, but the problem I'm having with playing a Ross Colton one-off is that, you know, clearly Ross Colton's ceiling comes through games where the power play gets a ton of run, you know, where he's taking... um You know, he's getting a lot of power play opportunities because I promise you that um, Joel Kiviranta and Logan O'Connor are not generating enough offense for him to get there at five on five. And so, like, if you're doing that, you might as well just say, well, I'm playing McKinnon Rantanen and you're kind of getting into the exact build that I really tried. I want to try to avoid it personally. So. Um, just, just know that a ton of ownerships going to come in here. I think you'd flip it and you just try to take a Ottawa one or in Ottawa line of, from their top six, and then maybe play Thomas Shabbat, who is still getting the power play time, um, and has been rather decent from a floor perspective all year long, you know, even before his injury, um, he was pretty good at both getting shots on goal and picking up block shots. So with that power play job, um, you know, that's where I would try to stack things and gain some leverage because I truly don't believe that this is sustainable for the avalanche. Like it's a franchise. So uh, anyway, any other thoughts on this game?
1: No, no. I think we covered it pretty well. Did you have a strong lean on Ottawa? Did you say it? I'm just being sure.
0: Um, I did not. I, I think it's toward the Kachuk line. Um, but you know, I'll revisit like pricing and whatnot again and maybe take a better stab when I have my full sheet of like uh you know, the salaries plus expected fantasy point stuff all integrated together. Um, just to see if there's any like yeah. values that pop out um in their top six. No, I, so, I agree. Yeah.
1: I really just think that the last notice, uh, like you said, the Ross Colton chalk situation, but it, I, again, everything you want to play on this slate is super expensive. The only way you can find punts is in the San Jose Chicago game that feel even somewhat good, because we're going to get to the last game, Toronto Edmonton, and you need the cap savings. So yeah. I do want to point that out again, but let's move sure. on to Seattle and the Rangers. Oh
0: Sorry. One, one more thing, because um, I am expecting Yusuf Sinunin, uh to start for Colorado um, they've been riding Georgiev really hard. They tried to play Prozvetov, um the other, the other week, I don't know, last Saturday or something. Um, and he got yanked like immediately. So I think they called up uh, Anunin to come on the trip and to play. Um, so we'll see, you know, you got to keep an eye out for that sort of thing, but um, he's like a decent, you know, he has some prospect pedigree. Um, so if he starts, I-, I could be convinced because, you know, uh, one people are just not going to really know who he is and two, like you know clearly otto is a team that they can pile up a lot of volume so uh just a guy i'm keeping an eye on i you know i i don't know anything about goalie prospects but for what i do know i think he's a guy that i sort of like as far as like having pedigree and whatnot okay seattle and the rangers Fortunately, things get uh don't get much simpler here because on the Seattle front, like I said, we're dealing with injuries to both Vince Dunn and Adam Larson. Um, we're expecting Burakovsky and Maddie Beneers to also miss this game. Uh, but you know, we I guess we don't know for sure. So you gotta you gotta stay tuned for five PM coach updates or uh, even, you know, 6.30 pregame skate. So uh, any initial leans on the Seattle front or do you just want to talk about the Rangers?
1: I mean, Seattle's been pretty good. I, you know, I don't have a strong lean on what I would play here. And in, it, I think at the end of the day, this game is probably getting X'd out for, by me um, because I would be going to Brookstrand, the guy that is shooting. Um, and 5,300, I just don't think I can afford it, honestly. And I'm not saying it's, you know, overpriced or under. like It just, I don't think it's, what i'm going to be stacking around and i it's you know not a one-off value that i'm looking into so unfortunately i think i'm fading seattle and i also just again i think this is a bad matchup for the rangers Like a seattle team without adam larson maybe you could start to convince me that okay uh, you know maybe this team isn't quite the same Uh, the vince dunn thing is wild i know you mentioned like he got in a fight he kicked the crap out of that guy it looked like i I, could think break his fist on his face or something like very very weird um reicher evans is clearly minimum salary played 22 minutes. I assume power play one like that, that does, you know, if you have blocks bonus, like that, that is in play. I'm not, you know, ruling that out, especially if you do need that level of a savings. But other than that, I'm not sure if there's enough upside here against the Rangers and we can talk about the Rangers, but I just don't think I'm paying for Panarin on this slate when I need the cap uh, for, for other things.
0: Yeah. Um So the, the Seattle thing is, is, is relatively interesting because even if you don't project them to have like a huge, like, you know, uh, output or anything like they theoretically could do enough to that lets you play like the Matthews McDavid standoff at the end of the slate here, um, that like, you know, they actually could be in play. Obviously we just saw Tolvanen and his line mates, uh, win a slate on a Saturday when they scored seven on Columbus, so this would obviously be a bit different because, you know, it's the Rangers and, and whatnot, and they're even more banged up than they were then. Um, but at these prices, you know, I, I think you do got to at least consider guys like Riker Evans, Justin Schultz, um, Jordan Everly has been very productive and remains sub 4k. So everything's tough to stomach, but um, I think it's at least, you know, warranted uh, as far as consideration is uh, concerned. Um I wanted to see how the power plays shook out. They had two power plays against Pittsburgh. Um and oddly they used a power play one of Schwartz Tolvanen Evans Yamamoto and Tatar, um, leaving Schultz Eberly, McCann Wenberg Bjorkstrand as the de facto second unit. Um, this is a team that truly splits units down the middle, so not a huge deal. Um, but if we had like Evans Eberly, McCann guaranteed, I would probably be very interested in that stack. Uh, we know based on last year, McCann and Eberly have some chemistry, um, and you know Tatar has always been a positive impacts type player. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think you need to play Thomas Sitar. You can, but uh that three man is something that I'm lightly considering, even with them not sharing a power play unit, just because you know Riker Evans is probably good. Um and then there's some value there with McCann and Eberly stepping into what theoretically is a larger role um with all these injuries. So all right. On the Rangers I'm kind of with you. I mean, now Seattle can't roll out Joey DeCord unless they want to play him on a back to back. So, like maybe there's a reason you just say, well, all the Seattle regression comes in one game. Um, but the, the Rangers have been rather uninspiring. They got there against the Caps, but they really didn't generate it a ton, um, especially a five and five against the Capitals. So, like Panarin at his price tag, like um Trochecks north of six K now. I think if you wanted to go somewhere, you would have to sort of bet on something we have not seen yet. In Zabinjad, Criter, and Capu Kako. Uh Kako is 3K, he's returned, he's playing on the top line, second power play. And then Kreider, and Zabinajad. Um, Mika especially is just cheaper than he typically should be. So if that's where if this is a spot I'm going to, I'm trying to play those guys to leave me some salary for the upper end of the slate and other matchups.
1: Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I was just actually while you All were right. was trying to check in on Philip Hedel to see where he's at. and He skated today with Jager in Czechia. Cool. Come back when you're ready, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, a land far, like, far
1: away. I, yeah, he'll, he will not be playing tomorrow unless if he's on the flight right now, and that didn't seem to be the case, but he's skating again. Uh, okay, we can move over. And I'm in Washington. Um Anaheim returned as you mentioned. Uh, Leo Carlson, youth of Terry and Killorn. Um, So that was you know that's good 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 news. Uh, Leo Carlson is still fifty one hundred though, and not really my favorite price player on the slate. McTavish down at fifty eight hundred. You know I, I I have some interest here. I'm not I'm not sure it's enough to to get me where I want to go in general because of the pricing constraints that exist on anaheim like they're still a bit too expensive for my liking there is punts that exist in this vacuum that make it worth trying but i don't think i'm going to pay 4k for camp Fowler, regardless of his role in power play and i think that's like almost like what i'm feeling like i'm forced to do if i'm playing them so do you have any interest in anaheim here uh leo carlson back in the fold
0: um it's a very light amount of interest. Um, but, you know, Terry, Kaloran, Carlson are only, what, 14,000 as a full line stack. Um, they seem to be power play correlated. Um, I don't think they'll be the top unit, however, because they gave up the shorty. Um, McTavish basically got benched for it. So I think McTavish has gone to the Shadow Realm. Uh, we've seen Greg Cronin be very strict with his you know how he treats players after they screw up and he was weak on the back check or something and so um you know i expect the Fowler unit to be the top unit with henrik strom silverberg vetrano and just you know that means that terry clorn carlson will get a ton of five on five run it's just not a perfect matchup against like the, the caps so um i'm keeping an eye on it though because i do think that especially if ov misses like you know, uh, the, the, the caps are just playing roles where they really shouldn't be. So while OV does not help them defensively, um, like their number one wing at this point is Max Patcheretti. And like, you know, he's never going to be mistaken for a Selkie winner. So, um, and not only that, but now you don't have patches on the third line. You have patches, you know, the first line and a true AHL player on the third line rather than, you know, OV and patches. And, you know, you kind of have to deal with them. So if OV remains out, I mean, this is. Probably just a jam in Anaheim spot uh, because Washington has been leaky defensively, but just not getting punished for it. Um, but I don't know. I, I certainly am not paying eighty five hundred for Charlie Lindgren. I can tell you that for free.
1: Yeah, no, I, I very much agree. With me. Um, yeah, I, I I think this. I mean, like, we don't really know on OV as of now uh, at sixty four hundred if he's back i i think i could take another look at washington um i you know if he's out though yeah. you know patch at 5100 is a great play i have nothing wrong with it at all um him and oshi were really really good together so that's another punt to keep an eye on is tj oshi who's been electric in the past five um seven yep. shots on goal against the rangers and a goal four shots on, and, a, and a goal against the rangers like people just i guess think he's dust and at that price uh, he's you know everyone's playing Ross Colton and you can play TJ Oshie. and I, I I don't know why you would just think that they're all that much different like <laughs> they're not um
0: yeah I mean sure worth do. worth noting he was out injured and came back so this production is three games worth of time like if you're looking at any sort of recency trend oh, it's not yeah. you know a full five or 10 games but it's three, uh, those yeah, games right. have been useful and clearly he's been a focal point of their power play um and you know Dylan and uh Patches, they do correlate with him so long as Ovi remains out. So it's 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 interesting. I don't I think I would prefer to go the Anaheim guys for similar salaries. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I think Terry's more dynamic a player. Um, and then Leo Carlson, I think there's just more upside. You can you can sort of squint and see as like just a play driver. And so that's sort of where I'm leaning. Uh and you get a cheaper defenseman in fowler or uh jackson lacombe if you wanted to go that route so just slight reasoning for favoring anaheim over washington in the spot but um yeah i guess i should mention jackson lacombe he's been playing uh some second secondary power play time uh 20 minutes in each game since uh minchikov went down so he seems to be the biggest benefactor there's been no shots or blocks to come with it but on the season he's been okay in that regard so i kind of expect that to rebound at some point so let's move over to la and dallas um la finally wins they go into carolina of all places to pull out the victory so uh any interest in the red hot Kings here having won one straight after their, I think it was an eight game losing streak uh, against Dallas.
1: Um, You know, I, this game is interesting because it, it really is just anything you want to play is like six K the whole, like both sides, all the top guys are right in that six K range. And I, I think this game might be a little bit better than meets the eye. As far as the, you know, Goals are concerned. I'm not sure if it's going to be the highest Corsi game of the night. Yeah, it might not be the most shot attempts, but I think there'll be a good amount. And I think it's going to get largely overlooked because it's two pretty good teams that are allowing a lot of goals. And I could find myself taking taking a look at how a build around like J. Rob Pavelski, Harley, uh, with you know two on the other side feels. Dallas is a lot easier. I, I mean, I know you could look at Duchesne, um Sagan's been fine. You know, you can take a take, take a look if you'd like to, but I'm not gonna overthink it on an eight-game slate. Like it's just through Jason Robertson. Um on the LA side of things, you talked about that Carolina game, uh, on you know, so it is a road back to back for them. Um me and you both, I believe, bet Dubois under on a point, and then he went up and no, played I, with LaFerrier. And
0: no, I bet him two because I'm not a scared, I'm not a scared little boy. I love Alex LaFerrier, so that's why uh That's why I think the Dubois stuff was in play. I actually had shots for Dubois, but in any case, he smashed. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So we had the opposite, but yeah, you know, I think I personally just go with like Fiala more or uh, Kempi Byfield, but I I honestly think I'm just leaning towards Fiala more. Um, I think that's the more explosive pairing, honestly, and it's a bit cheaper. Well, not cheaper, but it's you know, it like I think it's fine. I, I I think like I know the power play isn't there, but. I think Viala is just a little bit under 5,800, So I could see myself taking a look at how that kind of a five man works. Um, Thomas Harley at 4,500 though. Just want to shout that out again. Uh, Are you, are you thinking this is still a pretty solid, good play? Yeah,
0: there's one massive fly in the ointment in that their last game in uh, Chicago, they ran two power plays where we had the, uh, I guess sort of surprising, but Jamie Ben back on the top unit with the, the first line and Thomas Harley, uh, they did not score. And then the third power play they got, they put out the five forward configuration with Duchesne replacing Harley and scored within seconds, like literally puck drops and they scored a goal. So uh, we didn't see a power play after that, but that's pretty good evidence that Thomas Harley's grasp on the power play one is uh, fringe at best. And I just don't think you can afford the sort of uh, like, I don't know, like, I guess it's a fine play because he's still 4,500, um, but he's not like a super great rates player. Um, he's sort of more just like a, to me, he's more of like a bet on, you know, a multi-point night sort of deal. Um, but he will get ownership at 4,500 with the with the role if it's projected for him, uh, just without how he's playing a ton. And I do think that basically because of that, Uh, five-man power play one, if it's not projected that way on, say, you know, a daily face-off, we could see that the field is overconfident in Harley relative to the forwards. And so um, I'm leaning leaning away from uh, Harley, which is tough for me to say, but, you know, just just a little bit worried by that third power play against the uh, Blackhawks. So, uh, I do want to circle back because you said that Dallas LA like was you know one of the better games in your book, and based on the indexes, which again are not projections of mine, but sort of just taking the last ten games and uh, making some adjustments based on opponents and spitting back out numbers, uh, this is the second best game by Corsi pace and uh, tied best game by expected goals pace. So like you know there there is reason to like both sides of this matchup. Uh, they are both in the upper half of the slate as well on an eight game, or on an eight game slate. So um I could definitely see some you know game stacking going on here. Um but yeah I guess I'll just reiterate that the third line of Dubois LaFerrier and actually I'm checking now who actually made it into the lineup. Uh yeah, Jordan Spence played and he played 14 minutes. Meh, whatever. Um, but as long as Cali is out of the lineup, uh Leferriere gets power play two run and I don't know. I just really like LaFleur as a player. Um he shoots a ton. He's like obviously uh more offensively inclined than say Jared Jared Anderson Dolan um for instance. So that two man of Pierre-Luc Dubois and LaFleur just if there's something there for Dubois, he's going to I think flash it with a guy like Lafarrier on his wing, who uh, is very unheralded, but he also comes in very cheap. You know, that, that two man is seven K in total and lets you play the McKinnons, the McDavid's, the Matthews, um, or the Dallas ones to just sort of bet on a game stack. So some value there, if you like it. All right. Anything
1: else here? No, let's keep it moving. We'll get over to the Islanders and the Winnipeg jets lot here. Um, Islanders just played again. They're on a back to back, as I mentioned off the start. uh They didn't look great. Uh, Kale Clutterbuck, after the game, said that they were effing terrible or whatever. Only a 1.7 expected goals. They got shut out 5 nothing Just an invisible effort. Looked like a bit of a blender situation, other than the Lee Horvat Barzal line. Everything else kind of got all messed around. So. I, I'm not positive what we're gonna see other than the fact that Barzell, Horvat, Nelson, and Dubois are gonna play a good amount of role. Um, anything else could be maybe on the table. Even their first power play gave a goal up against, as in, you know, they gave up a shorthanded goal. So who knows if Paul Mary is gonna be there? Maybe Lee finds his way back on. That's my preference. But yeah, not gonna be super popular and and likely for good reason. Um, and they're kind of hard to stack as Horvat barzell and nelson are all centers and those are the guys you kind of want to play so i get it and and, and they're playing winnipeg I didn't even get there yet but winnipeg one of the better defensive teams in the entire league so it's a really bad matchup they don't feel cheap enough they've been playing bad they're on a road back to back probably a good fade matt over to you for winnipeg
0: yeah uh the, i mean yeah, the main problem with the Islanders is Winnipeg has not, I mean, this stat is just mind-blowing, but they haven't given up more than three goals since like early, early November. Like, it's just, I mean, you know, when you're stacking teams, you want that upside and they just simply have not allowed it to anyone for any reason. And of course, you know, even if they were to give up four goals, there's zero guarantee that it all comes through the same three guys, especially uh, with DraftKings being so hard to build stacks on the Islanders front. So uh, yeah, out there, just keep an eye on eight o'clock. You know, if there's something really weird, you might be able to capitalize on something, but uh, mostly looking at Winnipeg here and yeah, we're officially on Kyle Connor watch. Um, He's been skating in a regular Jersey He practiced with, uh, Velarde and Lowry on Monday. So, you know, there's a good chance that he returns at 8,100 here, um, but it's not confirmed. So be sure to check on that, uh, Ehlers and Shifley are question marks. We don't know their status. We, uh, bonus wasn't even at practice today, so there wasn't really any like, uh, uh, updates because the updates were coming for uh, Bonus's family situation. So, you know, hopefully we get more on Tuesday to confirm this. But uh, if both those guys are out and Connor's in, I would fully expect that Lowry, Connor, and uh, Velarde are at least have the possibility to be power play correlated. Um, so, yeah, uh, any interest in that new, newfound top line should it make
1: its way to Tuesday's slate? Maybe I probably not honestly. Like I, I got like too many other things that are. I, and it's not that expensive, but it's pretty. I mean, you know, lowry three thousand six hundred. It, it helps a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably not going there myself. No, I, I think okay. I'm gonna focus on a lot better. Well, not better. I mean, matchups I like more. It's a good enough matchup against Islanders on a back to back, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't think it'll be popular, but I. I I don't think you have to play it by any stretch just because no one else is playing it. It's a good matchup. You can bet a prop. You can just, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to win the slate personally, but you never know.
0: Yeah, and uh worth noting that Lowry did pick up the power play one job as well as sliding into the top line last game. So that, that's why I'm expecting it to hold true. Um now if Shifley returns and Lowry's still centering those guys, um, you know, it's it's dice here. Obviously, if Ellers plays and it's Ellers, Connor, Villardi, Morrissey, like it's probably Lowry in that case, but it could very well be Ayafalo who has just sort of weaselled his way into uh, that role for absolutely no gain uh, DFS wise. So uh, it's top liner bust for me. But keep an eye on news. Uh, Nate Schmidt is still going to be obnoxiously cheap. I'm I'm not really sure what more he has to do to get a raise. Uh, he's 2600. He's been sub 3k for weeks now, and he has multiple. I mean, he has four double-digit fantasy point games in his last like nine or ten so you can't ask for much more than that uh he's got a surefire role he's getting power play time um so yeah uh, nate schmidt perfectly good punt just always want to point him out in case people are in need of punts to the toilet bowl
1: yeah the Macklin celebrini bowl is on in chicago uh guessing you know one of two matchups we're going to see between these two teams and Uh, boy, it stinks. Um, but it is really cheap. You know, the most expensive player that's actually active in this game is Thomas Hurdle at 5,500. Everyone else, much, much, much cheaper. I I really don't even think hurdle is going to be all that owned. Um, it's obviously a good matchup and he has broken slates before, but it's been a while since he's been really all that relevant. Uh, no, no, obviously no Bedard still, um, you know, Chicago's had just, uh, you know, I, I don't think I need to be the 98th person to tell you that they've had a lot of injuries. It's well documented. Um, I really, we don't know exactly what they're going to look like tomorrow, but I can, it's just going to be a terrible team. They are, they are no good and they're playing very boring. Just actively, like everything they're doing is to just try to mitigate the losses being worse than they should be. Um, so I, I think I'm just going to step away from this game entirely, let other people find their punts here. And, and hope that that the punts they're finding are just terrible options because they probably you know they're probably bad players, like I'm saying, a but um you know they're gonna convince themselves that these REM pitlicks of the world who are just terrible players that shouldn't be in these roles, but yet they are. So I am fully fading it. And if there's a couple guys you want to mention, like you know, Vetterland or whatever, sure, but I'm gonna just take this game and throw it the trash can. So I don't
0: think if I gave you 10 guesses, you, you would think of the player that I'm about to to, to talk about here. Uh, do, do you want to play this game? or Do you want me to just get talking?
1: 10 guesses. Um, let, let me just take three. Okay. And you can give me a small hint if you have any hints along the way. Um, I will start with, how about, God, Radish? Nope. Okay. Yeah, you're hints? in the right ballpark, though. So I'm in the right ballpark, so it sounds like I'm in the or right. Or maybe
0: the right it'll make more sense, but you're on you're on the right court if, if that makes uh if that makes it any easier. I don't know, honestly. Um the son of Popeye, Seth Jones. Uh he's back in the fold, and okay. he has been awesome all season long. Um 5, in clearly the best possible matchup for a, a a guy who's on a team where you know that they're overmatched every night. This is not going to be the case. Seth Jones will literally be the best hockey player on the ice. I I do not, you know, like I respect Thomas Hurdle and whatever else, but like, I think Seth Jones is at this point just more effective and especially from a fantasy standpoint. Um, if you look at the season long numbers now, again, Seth Jones missed a bunch of time, but he's come back and, you know, I think last game he was perfectly fine in that regard as well. Um, but looking at defensemen, he is in the top 10 of blockable shots per game. A very basic metric, but like, you know, you, you look at the guys ahead of him and it is players who are, you know, uh, to a man more expensive than Seth Jones. It's Roman Yossi, Truba, Rasser Sanderson, uh, Shabbat's there, which, you know, is part of the reason I mentioned him earlier. Um, Uyghur, Petrangelo, Makar, Dahlin, and Alec Martinez, like, and then you get to Seth Jones. So um, you're looking at a guy who's doing a ton at both ends of the ice. You know, he's shooting, he's blocking we don't know what the power plays look like which is the the biggest uh issue here you know but i don't really think you're playing seth jones to stack him anyway like you know who cares if it's colin blackwell or lucas reichel or you know cole gutman like none of these things matter like clearly seth jones can just double bonus and none of this matters like you know stacking wise so um I think that Jones is an awesome spot. You know, defense is looking tough for me here. And I think filling it with a very reliable mid-tier option or even two mid-tier options um, is a very attractive way to go about the slate rather than just spending through the nose on the McCars and Bouchards of the world uh, or the Calgary guys, which we we'll get to in a minute. So that, that's okay. the one thing yeah. I'm looking at. Um, just some housekeeping. Zetterland flip-flopped from the Hurdle line to the Grandland line in Buffalo. Who the hell knows if that stays into uh, Tuesday? But, you know, if you're looking to stack up the San Jose power play, Zetterlund in his center is probably where I would go with that. Zetterlund's been, you know, uh, for San Jose Sharks terms, he's been productive, which is to say he's not been very productive, but he's 4,200 and gets a ton of minutes. So, uh, yeah, and no Logan Kutcher. He's been confirmed out. So that's unfortunate. I was really hoping we would get him here, but
1: alas. All right, two games left. We have the Arizona Coyotes at the the Calgary Flames. The last time these two teams faced off, Igor Sharingovich had a hat-trick. Six shots on goal, shattered the slate in the smithereens with 46.8. He then went to Vegas, put up a zero, and now at home against Arizona. So, again, just two games apart, 5,200. This game also very cheap, especially at the forward position. I, I definitely will again put my fist on the table and say if you're playing the Flames, take a good hard look at it. Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weegar. Both of them are incredibly useful. And and as you just talked about those bonuses for Seth Jones, which makes a ton of sense. Both of these guys have double bonus upside. It's more priced in than Seth Jones, though. They you are know, pretty expensive, um, but you know they get multi points probably a little bit easier, especially if the Flames are. Scoring hat tricks. Um, so anything on the Flames stand out to you other than the defenseman? Um, or is this a spot you might just want to stay away from?
0: Yeah, the the toughest part for me is is whether the field reacts to the fact that Sharon Govich had like a fifty burger against Arizona. That's that's the main uh that's the main thing I'm concerned with. Um, I think given the layout of the slate and just what we've already talked about, what I'm seeing elsewhere. I think I'm good to just pass up these flames. Like, um, I think yeah. given all these options, I'm better off. I prefer guys 1k less with two, I think, similar profiles. Um, comparatively. But Blake Coleman's been awesome, you know, him, Backlund. Uh I guess you could go Manchapani, but it's mostly him and Backlund who are just glued to the hip. Five on five power play, PK, whatnot. Um, they're worth considering in the mid tier, and then of course the Lintome Sharangovich, um, which is a bit more, uh, you know, it, it's Igor Sharangovich. We've talked about him several times on this podcast, where, um, he's doing a lot of good things, but he's certainly not a player who historically has been the most consistent in that regard. So, um, I'm mostly staying away from Calgary. Um, Arizona is a little bit interesting. Uh, last game they rolled eleven and seven. And Nick Bukestad had a hat trick um, and did either of his line mates and Logan Cooley or Dylan Gunther along for the right. Now, theoretically, that's, the, you know, their third line. Um, it has sort of the two most exciting players, you know, obviously Clayton Keller is probably their best player, but he's, you know, a known quantity at this point, uh, but Cooley and Gunther, you know, they're the young guns and they're dragging on old Nick Bukestad. Um, but, abuse that's 4,200 like uh Dylan Gunther on the first power play is 4,100 uh that's kind of interesting I don't think I'm going there especially because Sean Derzy as the power play quarterback is 5,800 um but it's in play you know Uh, I certainly would not uh mock anyone who came to the table with that
1: especially if they keep the 11 and 7 setup which just benefits the forwards greatly sure yeah I don't I don't really have a ton of interest in Arizona but I get it um matchup this game's fine you know it like you're saying it's not really that that horrendous of an environment and there are some you know 11 and 7 situation that makes sense but yeah i think i'm personally going to um focus more of my salary cap on the last game of the night which is going to be popular um are you ready to get over to that final game
0: yes i am ready to lose to the uh, mcdavid matthews stacks
1: Yes, so it is McDavid and Matthews in Edmonton, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I mean, there's you know not a ton to get uh you know all that crazy about here, other than the fact that uh I love this spot for Edmonton. Honestly, like that's where I'm I'm going to be stacking, and it's easy to say that there's bringbacks. You know, there's guys that you could try. It's really, really, really hard to play. McDavid and Matthews. We did mention a good amount of punts that could help make that process doable, but it's still just incredibly difficult to get a lineup that feels good. Um, so I may end up just playing, you know, through the Hyman, uh, McDavid, Nugent-Hopkins, Bouchard situation myself. That's where I want to go, um, and and see what I can maybe find on the Toronto side. I do want to note that we didn't see Toronto practice, right? We did not.
0: They played back to no. back Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so right, right, that's Monday.
1: Right, yeah. So, but they they ran Holberg, Matthews, Nylander, Robertson, Tavares, Jonckrock, Vertuzzi, Domi, Marner. So it was a bit of a mess. On top of they lost four to two. Definitely keep an eye on what they end up actually doing. um, You know, before you walk anything in, Um, as like Matthews played twenty one minutes and Holberg played thirteen. So obviously there was, you know, a bit of other correlations and whatnot, but it's pretty rough stuff uh, as far as like how to stack Toronto regardless. So they are actually one-offable as a bring back, um, but I think Edmonton is the superior team here. And I think McDavid is is due for one of those, you know, 50 burgers in in which we spoke of. So I I think that's going to be my plan here. Stack through McDavid
0: yeah um evan bouchard finally did the thing uh last game
1: they've won two to
0: one but bouchard had a goal the ot winner uh with six shots three blocks you know double bonus just uh awesome night but um that's you know his, his game logs are littered with absolute uh uh, uh like mines. It, you know that can just destroy your lineup uh at seven thousand, so i don't know i i I want to say I prefer McDavid to Matthews and that I prefer Hyman to Nylander and then, you know, RNH to minor. They're just cheaper across the board. And like, you know, there's more firm correlation there. Um, but I still am not ready to give up on Toronto defensively. I just, I don't know that there's like this mega upside for, uh, edmonton enough to make the ownership worth it like clearly it can happen but i'm just not sure it happens enough that i really regret fading these guys in favor of a more balanced stack you know where i don't need to punt three spots um honestly where i'm not sure there's too many great sub 3k plays like you know there's the coltons and, um you know yeah Riker evans pretty
1: much yeah. uh you know
0: um, so Riker evans well, mcdavid hyman come on down
1: yeah I, and i think that you know this edmonton Last game against Montreal is going you know, to, I hope people actually factor that into their process more. They had 4.6 expected goals. You know, they had, uh, you know, Nugent naja Hopkins had 10 attempts. McDavid had seven. Hyman had like eight. Uh, try, like, I mean, they were shooting and, and they were producing a ton of offense, but McDavid missed the net six times. I mean, that's just going to happen from here or there. And this, like, they absolutely dominated that game and didn't get rewarded. And, you know, what me and you, being the idiot fish we are we were you know Edmonton puck line it's one of our favorite bets and they just went out and were like well what if we don't score um and that'll happen right I mean that that can happen that will get you from time to time and you will just sit there punching air but I'm gonna go right back to the well and be sad again um when they Um, don't score uh you know you know
0: you know what it was uh on in Montreal they didn't have Ryan McLeod they will now have Ryan McLeod on Tuesday night, so there you go.
1: There's your Ryan answer. McLeod, see, the thing is, they're not getting told on the bench to hit the net with their shots, and then Ryan McLeod will come, hey, guys, on net. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, thank you for pointing that out. That was that's yes. very good context. Um, is there any anything though? So this game that kind of feels like you're saying fade.
0: Um, yeah. I, right now, I I definitely want to see what Toronto rolls out. If if they produce more garbage lines wise, like. <laughs> you know that might make it easier to just say like nope off with it um you know i'm not paying 3600 for young crow when there's other dudes on the slate in that price range you know but I, it depends on who's up there if it's nick robertson with matthews like okay you know now i'm intrigued so you just you just got to play it by um what we see in morning yeah. skate, I think, before we really lock into anything. Uh, just the final thing I mentioned McLeod, he was playing with Dry and Fogel prior to his uh either illness or injury. Um, but he's back, he practiced as the third line center on Monday. So, Evander Kane should stick that stick to that second line role, but um, it's a bit more tenuous now with McLeod back in. So, I'm just not going to the second line. I, I you know, uh, I've not been playing Warren Fogle, I've not been on the Fogle train, and uh I finally jumped in, I think it was the Detroit game, and he just, you know, uh put up three points and I was like, Oh, yep, this is why I don't do this. So uh yeah, and I think now that the Vander Kane has the uh you know, he's he's one bad shift away from being on the third line, is is my point. So and that's not a job you want, you know. Uh it turns out Connor Brown is really bad. Who knew, right? I mean Ooh. just gotta give that guy four million
1: dollars. Gotta gotta do it. Um but yeah, why don't we get top stacks, guarantee goals, get let's out of here? It. Um do you wanna start with one of your top stacks?
0: Um top stack. Yeah, let's um let's do the the Winnipeg like top line. If you know this is obviously making a lot of assumptions, but uh if Kyle Connor plays and it's Lowry Connor and Velardi I think that'll be power play correlated. Uh, obviously, we love Cal Connor on this program. I love betting against Nick Ellers. So like, oh wow, you take off, you know, you, you take off Ellers, you put on Connor. Like, you know, that could be a lot of fun. And Adam Lowry is really good salary relief. Um, and I, I, I kind of like his profile as like a player who jumps into a bigger role because he's a guy who's always relied upon defensively. Um, you can always suck out into either a blocks bonus or an empty netter or, you know, whatever else, in addition to the fact that he could be the power play, you know, uh muckraker, you know, banging rebounds and, and whatnot. So there's a lot of paths for him to get there. at a low salary, and he's great leverage off of Ross Colton, who is 200 less than him, and it projects to be really, really popular on this slate.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I am going to go, you know, I think I'm going to, Mm, yeah, I think I'm gonna do the Dallas situation, and I'm just not sure. Like, I, I know it's J. Rob and Pavelski. I mean, logically, you say Rupe Hints. I, I guess I'll just do it for now. And to pitch, I'll probably I, I, Ruben Hints garbage. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. I go. Back I mean, he's a on stacking it. only.
0: Like, he's definitely a yeah. stack only oh, yeah. guy. So this is you know when you would do it.
1: I, I just think yeah I think the Dallas one situation is is really like I think I honestly tomorrow could be a two build day for me where I do one of these kind of mid range mid range because I think everyone's going to be, you know not but I think the majority of the field is going to have Toronto Edmonton Colorado in some fashion like what percent I mean do you have like a you know what percentage of of ownership comes in on those three teams in at least one or two pieces and then it's like well you just can't afford Dallas now yeah and I lo- I do like so yeah. Okay. Yeah, I
0: think the the projections, the sim, you know, all those donkeys are just gonna come loaded up with Colorado. Which, like, I get it. You know, I I gave my argument before why it's not sustainable. But anytime there's dudes playing 27 minutes, (laughs) like they're just playing a different sport from the rest of these schmucks that have to pit play 17, 18 minutes a night. So. Um, I get it, right. but I think that Colorado, Edmonton, Toronto, like some elements of stacking those teams will make up at least 40 to 50 percent of the field. And you know, that's exactly obviously uh, you know, a great way to sort of middle it and get a little different.
1: Mm-hmm. Your next deck.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, let's just let's just go back to the stupid well. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois is going to steal my soul, but um I really like him and Laferriere, especially if you're trying to fit in these higher end stacks we just mentioned. Um, I think they'll come in unowned. I think you could even sort of do something a little bit uh, interesting, like playing a too cheap Kevin Fiala with it. He's not power play or line correlated for those guys. Um, but I think betting on the Kings is, is, is in a decent spot. You know, it's uh it's a matchup where I don't think the field will be there, like you mentioned, with everything else you, you were saying. Uh, and it's one of the better matchups of the night, so um, there's always a chance to that just Fiala double shifts. And this was sort of, uh, you know, minus the fact that Laferriere is Kaliev, like that's sort of the three man group we were excited about preseason, so
1: yeah, um, yeah,
0: you know, just hearkening back to the best puck days
1: with uh Fiala. I- I mean, could could you? I and mean, think in theory, if you just played like J. Rob Pavelski, two of those LA pieces, you could still grab a part of Colorado. But I mean, is that something you're interested in? Or maybe you'd be more interested in saying I'm gonna take a piece of Toronto or Edmonton then. But like, is it is it something where you're thinking I could capture enough of the upside with like Amico Rantanen? Or are you saying I might, you know, I don't know. Like I think, think I guess the no. Yeah. Cause we're, I mean, we just built the game it. stack with our favorite sacks. You know what I mean? Like if that yeah. fits and you can still get a piece. Would you sure. have a preference when the ownership is going to be so high on Colorado? It's like almost like a, well, what if one piece absolutely gets there and the rest are, you know, McKinnon only gets 18, for example, in that, in that kind of mm-hmm. scenario, or is that just overthinking it and like making up this perfect scenario? Um, you don't yeah, I, have to give, I you think,
0: give I mean, I think Matthews is clearly uh, if the ilk where like, you know, he can score three goals with different assists on each of the goals like that, that is firmly within his range of outcomes. He's so you know, he's so uh, explosive. Like he can get a takeaway and score immediately. Like honestly, his, you know, there's just all these things. I think that's fine. Uh, McDavid's shot enough to where I think he's okay to play as a one-off just because we know RNH and time in are really thin and like dry is, you know, going to soak up some equity too their points wise. Um, Colorado. I do struggle with just because of how length right now, Ranson and McKinnon are. Um, You know, now they could get split up pregame, like keep an eye out for that. If it's like Colton, Rantanen, and O'Connor or something, I would be very interested in playing like, you know, uh, Rantanen with uh, Colton or even just a one-off Rantanen because we know that like he's not directly related to McKinnon, but I do struggle to see where Rantanen gets there in their current setup without either uh, McKinnon just going, you know, donkey mode, getting 40 or Druin doing something at his pretty low price tag playing 26 minutes. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm just, um, all right. Uh, you know, my, I, my last stack then I'm going to go cheap, but I do want to, I'll just say, I, I think I am planning on playing pitch and Oshi against Anaheim. Um, another cheap stack as well. OV I, I kind of think plays, but I really have no idea right now. And I was just trying to look as well while you were talking. Um,
0: yeah, yeah the- I
1: think I'm, I don't know. So it's kind of hard because that could really change things in general, but, what do you think? The concerning thing with Ovi is that we don't even know what his injury is. Like, it's
0: one of those things where we thought he was going to play. We thought he was going to play the second half of the back-to-back, and then he just didn't play in either. So, um, I'm I'm a little bit worried that like you know Ovi's finishing has been obviously terrible this season, and like, <laughs> um, yeah, while he's been better like the last. You know, whatever his last 10 games, he actually scored three times, which is a miracle for him. Um, I am worried that some of his lack of efficiency was due to some pre-existing injury that like, you know, even if he does return, he'll be uh hampered in a way that I don't think we knew ahead of this moment that he was actually dealing with something other than just poor luck, which, you know, was what I largely attributed it to.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'll, I'll stick with those two. And, you know, if you're going to do the third, it's, it's probably just Carlson. Carlson, um, you know, blocks have been there. Shots have been okay. But in general, like if they're breaking the slate, it's probably coming through the power play and he's incredibly integral to that. So, uh, you know, I, I think he has the upside of 5,900 that you're looking for. If, if, you know, the condition is pass ready, you know, were something of, of need and you know, that's, yeah. So I'll go with that. I mean, and a high line back to back. I'm not afraid.
0: I don't blame you. All right. Uh guaranteed goals. Are you ready with anything, or should I go
1: first? Um if you're ready, just give it give it a go. Then you'll yeah,
0: give me an uh, I, I've I've assessed the Ottawa situation. I'm gonna go Drake back. Um I just, I mean, the the dude absolutely has a cannon of a slapshot. Without Norris on the top power play and Stutzler replacing him, I think that that sucks up some of the uh, usage and gives it to Batherson. Um, So I I think I like Batherson here. Um, He's got very similar expected goal numbers to Brady over the last 10, which is kind of surprising given we know that Brady's like the of getting empty calorie expected goals um so like yeah let, let's ride with drake batherson i think he gets the better uh center in stutzel at five on five and even might get the better matchup i'm, I'm not sure how they'll line up but if they somehow manage to avoid the mckinnon line um which again i'm not overly uh, factoring in but that could even be
1: some depth in colorado to take advantage of okay yeah that's that's good i think oh boy I can't get my R thing to load all of a sudden. So I don't have much to base anything off of right now. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, i oh my got eight games. is kind of constricting for everything we're trying to do, but you know what? I, I think I'm going to do something. I'm going to get extra bold in this scenario. And I think I'm going to take Seth drones. Um, I believe. Yeah. He's too expensive for you. Anyways. I think that's probably a guy that's going to be like four to one tomorrow, like three and a half to one tomorrow to score. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a guy I think is worth taking a look at against San Jose and in, in the goal market hasn't had one yet, but he is absolutely ripping right now. And they really should be feeding him on the power play to shoot because they have no one else other than like have with any finishing. Yeah. This guy a, with, but... this guy
0: with zero goals in 28 games. Yeah. You know, look at him at 20% odds of score. Cause you know, that that's, if he scores five, he'll be right on back on track. Um, but no, I, I get it. Like, clearly not a defenseman, is it's you know whatever, but um I, I understand I wonder, the point.
1: And what are his odds? I you're right though, because he has zero though, so maybe they're actually much <laughs> worse than I, I would have thought. Um I I, I th- that would be an odds specific play at this point. I mean, but then again, like what if I gonna figure in You've made your point with Harley because he because he has scored. That kind of seems like a fishy move. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, you know what? I have it right here. Take your guess. What is Seth Jones to score?
0: I think you were right. He's going to be plus three seventy, plus four seventy five. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay, sure. You're 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 still talking eighteen pretty much. Just like okay, he could get a hat him trick or, and still not be uh, him
1: or yeah. Boris Kachuk. Who who are you taking? Same price on. Well, I mean, you know,
0: our, our good our good man Boris. There, uh, yeah, I'm considering it twenty five hundred on DraftKings. Uh no, just 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 kidding. Okay. All right, let's uh let me go with Troy Terry. Um that's not who you stacked, right? No, you stacked the wall. No, side. no, I went yeah, other side. Yep. So um yeah, with with Kalorn this season, Troy Terry has been uh, pretty effective and especially with Leo Carlson. Uh they don't uh, 2.7 expected goals for six isn't great as as a line, but Leo Carlson has been dominant uh, as a play driver on the year. Um and so you know obviously Zegers is uh I I guess he's see he oh did we confirm he had a broken ankle Yeah he did Okay uh, uh, yeah, no. so so without Zegers you know Carlson has to pull up a lot of the playmaking load I think Troy Terry's a a big benefactor there just. You know, he's not a guy with a ton of rates himself, but I think when he gets set up and he has a very talented guy in Colorn to do that, as well as the obvious guy in Carlson to set him up. So Troy Terry gets the guaranteed goal.
1: Okay. I like that. Um, I definitely made a bit of a mistake though, because I think I'm off by a a thousand. I was going to take Kreider and then I'm just realized that that's.
0: I mean, you took
1: a defenseman. I'll give you that. Sweet. I'll take Kreider. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that the eventual Seattle is not quite this good. Well, is going to, going to get there and on a road back to back with, you know, not the goalie that's just unbeatable right now and, and not their best defensive defenseman. Kreider has been actually really, really good. Uh, a five on five and the power play hasn't been rewarded nearly enough fights in my opinion. And, um, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity to get him at probably pretty good odds. You know what? I can even check them right now, but let's get out of here instead. Hold I'm on. Sure. Are I'm
0: you sure. telling me that replacing Blake Wheeler with Capo Caco
1: is a good thing? I, I, don't, I'm actually, I don't believe you. I, you're right. I, I'm lying. <laughs> I, you know me and my Blake Wheeler love. Um. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. it does feel good to see Blake Wheeler finally just completely gone again. And he'll be back. I know he'll be back. It is, it is a horror movie character. Just when I think he's finally dead, I turn my shoulder and there he is again, back on the top line, getting absolutely nothing done, but making me worried that um he might be worth worth uh, investment in Best Puck, uh, yeah. which I had zero wow. of
0: yeah anyway uh let's let's close this out so uh i am on twitter at fake moods uh dj is at dj under 94 uh the podcast is at morning skate pod uh be sure to leave a review and a rating on your podcast app of choice if you uh found this episode useful and be sure to subscribe there and also to my tiktok at dfs moods if you are over on tiktok dj anything else before we head in to our tuesdays
1: yeah, I'll be posting props tomorrow and uh five of six with connecting missing by one on uh, Monday. So you know what? We're gonna go right back Ouch. to the well and we're gonna punch and throw our monitors out into the snowstorms of Buffalo. uh bye everyone
0: that that's that's a rough run. uh yeah Should've so that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. And thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a slate, everybody. And we will see you.